The Map, a podcast about morality and politics, with Michael Bank Peterson and Oliver Scott Curry. Okay, uh, well, welcome everyone to The Map, a podcast about morality and politics, with Michael Bank Peterson and me, Oliver Scott Curry. It's been a while since we've done one of these things. Uh, we've missed you. I hope you've missed us. Uh, we've been busy doing all kinds of things, not least Michael has been saving Denmark and saving the world from COVID. But uh, I'm very glad we finally managed to pull it together. And here we are for our next episode, this, this time on the subject of social media. There's a general view out there, it seems, that social media is a bad thing. Social media is tearing us apart. Social media is polarizing us and uh, it's feeding the trolls and we're all getting crushed in the stampede to mix my metaphors. Um, is that the case? Uh, is, this, is this new, amazing, strange technology uh, really as bad for us as uh, some people would like to make out? I don't know, but luckily Michael does because he's done a lot of amazing work on it. Uh, amazing work that was uh, honoured at the Human Behaviour and Evolution Society annual meeting earlier in the year where Michael gave, was it one of or the plenary? I can't remember. Uh, well, one of them. One of the plenaries, first amongst equals, uh, where um, Michael laid it out on the line. And this is an opportunity for um, me to dimly remember what I was so impressed by during that lecture. So, uh, Michael, how, uh, what, let's, let me ask a quick question to start with. What social media are you on, Michael, and what, what do you use? I, I, well, I'm on quite a few uh, social media platforms. So I'm on, on, I'm on Twitter. That's what I mm -hmm. sort of use most. Uh, then I'm on Facebook and I'm on LinkedIn uh, and I, I use Facebook a bit. I, I use LinkedIn a bit as well, but not very much. And then I'm also on Instagram, which I don't really use. Uh, I'm even on Snapchat uh, with with the kids. Um, but uh, yes, so I'm I'm all all over the place when it comes to uh, social media. What about you? Uh, yeah, I think I'm only on Twitter. I think um, I I have a small and insignificant. I have a sort of notional YouTube channel that's got like half a dozen lectures and things on it. Uh, I'm not. I'm not on Facebook. I'm not on Instagram. I'm not on Snapchat. I'm not on TikTok. I'm not on. I, oh, I'm on LinkedIn, but I. Just, I kind of think of that as a, basically as a fancy CV. Um, and people are always trying to get me on. What's that other one? What on WhatsApp? Well, I'm on, on but, WhatsApp as well. Yeah, I know that's a different kind of different thing, but I'm thinking I, I don't understand it. I've already got email, I've already got text messages, I've already got instant messages on, I've already got DMs on Twitter, I've already got uh, Slack. I'm on Slack for for work. I've already got Slack messages. I, what I don't need like a like an nth thing getting at me. I don't understand. So I've uh, so far resisted. But we'll see what happens. So we're uh, we're 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 modern men of the modern age, Michael. We're on we're online. Um, and uh, there's good things and bad things about being online. There's, uh, like I said, there seems to be, a, a, it seems to be a growing consensus that onlineness is bad. So, what have you? What's your take on it? What work have you done in it? What have you found? 
Yes. So I think to 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 not directly as answer your your question mm -hmm. uh, at least not uh, initially uh, then then it, it is very clear that um, that there is a growing uh, concern. There are a number of uh, influential uh people uh who are arguing very strongly that social media uh is is bad in a number of ways that it polarizes uh, people and so forth and and we have we have just seen uh with the so-called uh, facebook files that facebook themselves uh have the impression that uh they polarize uh, society uh, we can also see cambridge analytica the the great scandal from 2016 uh, they also uh, went out saying that well we we had a substantial influence on on what happened during the U.S. presidential uh, election uh, and so on. So and obviously Brexit. and Brexit as well. So obviously it doesn't it doesn't uh, necessarily look look good. Uh, on on the other hand, um, I, I think that that we shouldn't necessarily think that that Facebook themselves has a very good understanding of, of what they're actually doing. Uh, this is a exceptionally difficult problem uh, to understand what is really uh, the impact of, of, of social media. Uh, and, and if we look at Facebook, and also if we look at, at Cambridge Analytica, perhaps even, uh, even more so, then they sort of have an interest in saying that they uh, have a have an impact, not necessarily uh, in in the sense that uh, that they polarize society. But if I'm if I'm the boss of Cambridge Analytica, then then I want to say that our company makes a difference, yeah. not so much that it doesn't really matter at all. Yeah, I mean, if you're selling influence, you want to say that you can influence. Exactly. Uh, so so I think that it's it's important to to not necessarily have the idea that that these organizations and these companies know really necessarily what's going on. And I think it's also- And also just on that point, Lee, the, um, I, did you read that Stuart Ritchie essay or review or something about the, the Facebook research saying that it was, I mean, it was, so, it was so low level, it was impossible to conclude anything one way or the other. Yeah, exactly, and 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 as the researchers, we know this uh, from from all sorts of other problems that it doesn't take one research group uh, to actually figure out what goes on. It takes many years, and it takes a lot of uh, different uh, perspective and a lot of independent uh, research groups to actually figure out, figure out what is what is up and down. And yeah. and also, I, I think. Part of the part of the logic is to say um, uh, this is influential, uh, but there's also a lot of people who have the interest in saying that this is new, uh, and therefore uh, that uh, and and this is not just the companies. Also, researchers have the incentive to say, "Oh, this is new, and this is completely different, and we need more funding in order to understand what uh, what is really really happening." Um, but but from a a broader perspective, I think. What social media does is that it uh, facilitates information sharing. And uh, this is something that we as humans have done forever. Uh, and there's, there's, one, there's one good book that really sort of drives home uh, the point, uh, even just in this title. Uh, the book's title is uh, Social Media, The First 2000 Years. 
And, and the, the basic idea is that a lot of this sort of rapid information transfer has, has been around also uh, facilitated by whatever technology was there uh, at, at the time. So just, just going back a hundred years, postcards uh, or the, the, um, the post office all, almost functioned as, as, uh, as text messages because uh, the mailmen were running uh, around uh, several times uh, a day, putting in uh, putting in letters in in your in your mailbox. So even then, there was like this rapid exchange of information. So there are many, at least in Denmark, there are these many examples of of uh, this rapid communication between uh, people in love, for example, which is completely similar to what we're seeing today on texts. I think there was there was a book a few years ago called the, like the Victorian Internet or something, and it was about it was about the telegram and about how this suddenly uh, perhaps Darwin was something to do with Darwin, and and but the point was there was this essentially instant messaging capability all around all around the world, albeit in you know one one to one messaging, and and it also I also I mean think about this this. Uh, discussion i remember like in in history when looking at the, the like the rise of the nazis i remember um i remember a, a common a common point that was made was that uh, hitler and nazis were one of the first to make use of this brand new technology radio uh, so you know for the first time ever a a tin pot dictator could could broadcast their their views and their bile not just to the assembled crowd, but essentially to the entire country, sort of instantly and repeatedly, and uh, or, or you know they, I think it was the case that sometimes they were like loudspeakers were put up in public squares so it, you could broadcast everywhere. So, so like my my general view coming into all this is that of course new technologies change things, they disrupt things, they create new opportunities and create new problems and everything, but. The 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 answer isn't to, for example, ban radio. There must be sensible ways we can accommodate we can uh, accommodate these new technologies. Yeah, exactly. And I I think the again, it's it's clear that technological changes uh, uh, create changes in the affordances uh, that that is available and and what you can what you can do. Uh, but but I think what is the key point is that it doesn't it it's sort it's not it's not a radically novel environment uh, that that we have uh, no psychological dispositions for navigating uh, and and that's that's sort of I think what what our research shows in a, in a nutshell is that uh, social media is is a tool uh, when you uh, if you come if you log on to social media and you are a really angry person, then you use that tool to identify victims uh, and and try to mobilize people for the angry cause that you support. But if you come on social media as a relatively nice person who is not necessarily very polarized, then then you sort of stay that uh, in when you log on. Um, and and so so I think of social media more as a tool than as something that that fundamentally shapes how we uh, how we process information and how we react. And I think that's that's different from from many of the narratives that are circulating in 
uh, in the media uh, these days, for example, that the hatred is that we as people cannot really control our emotions when we are interacting behind the screen. So, so you, if maybe I'm misremembering, but in your lecture, you, your your plenary, you you said there were sort of two or three alleged problems, or two, I can't remember two or three main claims that people think things are going wrong, and you sort of systematically went through and de debunked them. Um, is that what? Do you remember what? I mean, remind me what the what they were. Yeah. So, so the first one is is this uh, idea that. Uh, that uh, nice nice people become angry when they log on to social media. And, and what we clearly find in the research that we have been doing is that uh, that's not the case. The people who are uh, hateful in political discussions uh, online are just as hate hateful uh, if you were to discuss with them face to face. So, so what, what is the so again, social media is a tool, uh, but it's an efficient tool. So, so you can much more easily identify targets and and people more people will see the angry comments that you make but it's not so that 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 the anger is induced by locking onto the social media platforms so that's that's one uh the other uh is that uh, misinformation is being shared uh, out of ignorance um and that is that is something we've been doing a lot of research on in the context of Twitter, uh, and we don't find uh, much evidence for that. There are other research teams out there that have have provided pretty solid evidence that that beliefs in misinformation is is partly driven by um, uh, by ignorance. But if you if you change the focus from beliefs to sharing that misinformation, then then it seems that. That that is much less about uh, ignorance. So the people who shares fake news on Twitter, they know more about politics than the average uh, Twitter user. Uh, they are more interested in in politics. They are just as as intelligent uh, as as the average uh, Twitter user. But but what really distinguishes distinguishes them from others is that they really really hate people from the other political party. So, so they're not. So they're not spreading. They're not sh spreading uh, the fake news because they're stupid. They're spreading it for strategic reasons. Exactly. They're trying to mobilize uh, their their in group uh, against against the enemy. Um, and I think that's the that's sort of the the two main uh, myths that we have been been uh, at 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 this point uh trying to look at in the in the context of our our research so we are we're also looking at at uh, in in the research that is ongoing we have been trying to look at well what what happens to you uh if you if you have a, a social media network uh, on twitter that is extremely hateful do you then uh, become hateful yourself uh and 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 again we um we are not finding uh, any any evidence of that and and of course they all with with null findings there are all always these uh, issues of well is that because of statistical power is it because of some measurement uh, but at least what it does suggest is that the effects are not huge because we really cannot yeah. find anything
uh, yeah, the, um, there was a paper about that recently, I think from Molly Crockett's lab that made a big splash that said being in a, being in a hateful network made you more hateful. But the effect was very small and it actually reversed above a certain point. So it was, it, it was if you were, if you were sort of me, medium hateful, you got slightly more hateful. But if you were slightly hateful and you were exposed to sort of even more hateful things, you, 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 re, you recoiled from it and went back down to a medium level of hate. So it was a bit of a bit of a bust really. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, I think there is something to the phenomenon, uh, but I think it's just very, very uh, small. There's also, there's a paper by William Brady uh, and, and Jay Van Bowel and, uh, and others where they they look at, uh, at at reinforcement learning. Uh, so if you, for example, if you send out a a tweet uh, that's uh, that's hostile, you get a lot of positive feedback. Does that then uh, change your probability of of sending out another hateful tweet? And and they are finding evidence in favor of these sort of reinforcement learning dynamics. And from a psychological perspective, it it makes sense. Uh, but but again the the effects are small. I, I, yeah, I wonder if that's the, we're talking about the same study because it was, it you you were, if you had enormous feedback, enormous positive feedback, you there was a small increase in your likelihood of saying another nasty thing. But it but it but only, then it stopped. And if you were more than that, it would go back to, you know, it, it didn't keep going. It it was stabilized. Yeah. So so there, there's. There are these things, and 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 I think I, I think often uh, people get it get it wrong, or they they think of it in the in the wrong way. Not not that that applies to this particular uh, paper that that we just talked about, but but what there was this uh, there was this uh, paper uh, from 2017 uh, called uh, anyone can become a troll uh, which got a lot of traction and, and what which was uh, used to tell this narrative of oh uh, nice people go crazy on 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 social media but but what they found was that yes uh sometimes nice people uh become angry uh, on social media and and lo and behold it also turns out that uh, nice people can also become angry uh outside of social media like right. pe- ang- anger uh, varies uh sometimes uh, you get mm. angry and sometimes you do so for good reason but what what we're interested in is what explains the largest proportion of variance uh, is is that these sort of small uh, contextual phenomenon, or is it uh, stable personality dispositions? And and all I've seen is that it's uh, stable personality dispositions. Okay, so so I've got lots of questions about all that, but let me just skip to the end. So does that mean there's no there's no problems with social media? It's all it's all good. It's all you know these are these myths are just myths, and there's nothing to worry about. I think that there's a lot to worry about, uh, and and I think uh, first first of all, uh, uh, there is a lot of uh, hate on social media. 
there is there's not so much uh, fake news as people think there is, mm -hmm. uh, but there is some out there, and and at least people are are not too concerned with with sharing uh selective through tr truths uh, and so on um so so i think the the first point is that uh that social media is all the bad stuff that we see on social media is a symptom that there are people who are hateful uh that we do live in polarized societies that there are a lot of people who do not have trust in the political institutions and that 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 many Western democracies uh, have huge political cleavages. So so there is a problem, and and we see it on social media. Uh, but that doesn't mean that it's created on social media. Sure. So there, so there are there, right. But the, I want to get onto that. But the are there problems created by social media per se? Uh, yes, I also think that that's the that's the case. Uh, but I, I I don't I don't know exactly how to solve them. But I do think that that problem. So we can start with with the problems. Yeah. What what uh, are what do you think are the problems? So there's these myths, but what what if any are the real problems? So I think that there is a a tendency to uh, be more exposed to uh, extreme content than you would uh, normally. And I think uh, if if you and if you are a person who is motivated uh, by uh, by hostility, uh, then you can very easily identify targets, uh, and you can very easily uh, write them either through direct messages or uh, comments uh, in 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 their feeds and and so on. So I think. I think that 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 the the fact that access to people is so easy through social media, and that's part of mm. the part of the design and part of the logic, then then it does have adverse consequences uh, in in the sense that the number of threats I'm sure has increased uh, against uh, politicians and so on. So it's so uh, oh, I want to so many I've got too many questions so. I mean, if it's the case that one of the problems is that social media gives bad people more opportunities to be bad or that extends the reach of bad people, my first thought is, well, okay, so then the the problem could be quite, the, the solution could be quite targeted. It can be targeted at those people and, you know, they should be isolated or they should be blocked or they should have their, that seems like the right kind of solution. Is that right? Uh, it's the uh, like it's the obvious uh, solution. Uh, and thank, thank uh, you very much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but I think it's also uh, and, and at least I think yes. So the if 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 social media made everyone angry, then that mm. would be a much more difficult problem uh, to to deal with. The the good news is that that we just need to focus on on the people who are sort of. Uh, truly, truly hateful. Um, but the the consequence or the question then is what what is the best way to to deal with them? Uh, and is is that to to completely block them off access to mainstream social media platforms such that they go can go on to to subreddits, uh, 4chan, uh, or whatever? I also don't think that that's uh, that's optimal. Uh, but mm -hmm. but I think it's about uh figuring out uh or teaching people 
reporting functions, how to actually deal with uh, with uh, uh, discussions where they uh, where they do meet extremely hostile uh, individuals, uh, and and also that uh, media companies, uh, politicians who have, for example, Facebook pages, that they have a responsibility to sort of say, well, what are the what are the standards standards of discussion on this page, uh, and police yeah. them such that people know what it is that they they walk into. So, so you, if I've heard you correctly, it's more a case of sort of peer to peer censorship or establishing standards or or blocking people or whatever, rather than there being a one size fits all from above type approach. Yeah, that that would be that would be my uh, my approach. Uh, also, because the if 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 we give the power to the social media uh, to the tech giants. Um, and, and some people are arguing in favor of that, saying what, what we need to do is that we need to accept that social media is a media and therefore that they have the same responsibility as traditional media for only putting out true content and, and, mm. uh, and so forth. Uh, as there, there's, a, there's a Danish journalist who, who say that, uh, and I, I believe her, uh, who say that that's extremely dangerous because uh, with with the power of of uh, of curating what's what's true and 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 what is not true, well, therein that that is in itself mm-hmm. a, a great deal of power, and and is exactly because Facebook is so big, then we should be very very careful with adding that power to the power they already have. Um, so, so um, I, th- I think we should be careful with uh, letting Facebook uh, do too much about the content. Well, and, and also, I, I hope we'll come. I want to talk to you about free speech uh, and all that kind of thing. In a, that's a whole topic by by itself. But th- presumably, there's also a, an upside to social media in this way of of exposing more horrible people. So, uh, both in terms of being able to spot who they are and in terms of to some extent exposing the horrible people to potentially uh i don't know improving influence i mean you when you were speaking it reminded me this might be somewhat mythical but there's a in in britain in pubs you're not allowed to drink in pubs unless you're until you're 18 but there was a sort of wistful tradition of letting younger kids into pubs to get and letting them drink to and and letting them get drunk because the viewers it was better for these teenagers to get drunk on five pints of weak beer in the corner whilst some old fogies kept an eye on them than it was for them to go and buy you know cheap gin and pass out in a hedge somewhere so it was it was almost like well people you know teenagers are going to drink so let's let's have them do it in the least bad place so like you say if if Teenagers and other people are gonna are gonna say horrible things and say horrible things online. Let's get them to do it, as it were, in front of their mums, rather than uh, in a little four chan den where it could all you know it could just get worse. Yeah, so I completely agree about that, and and I think uh, one of the so we talk a lot about echo chambers and social media. Uh, but but in reality, one one of the 
one of the key things uh, about social media is that it, it breaks down echo chambers. And that's why it feels so horrible, because suddenly we see how, how these other people are thinking uh, and what they're saying about us uh, behind our backs, so to speak. Um, and, and, and I think in many ways, that's a, that's a good thing uh, that it break, breaks down these echo chambers, mm -hmm. although it, it does feel horrible sometimes. Um, but, but if we, if we push uh, people to 4chan or to the subreddits, then, then we are in fact creating, creating the echo chambers. So what, right. So is there actually, is there evidence to, in, to show the sort of the, well, I can't think of the word, the improving effect of, of being on social media in public? The, uh, I, I think, uh, well, that, that there is evidence that uh, it does create polarization uh, in, in, in the sense that uh, if, if you are uh, more exposed to, to people that you don't really like, for example, Republicans are being more exposed to Republic, uh, Republicans are being more exposed to Democrats, that that does make them think worse of, uh, of the other party. So there's some, some evidence of that. Wait, but, but that's your, that's the opposite yes. of what you said. That, okay. that is the so opposite. That's, that's like, so it break it breaks down the echo chamber and you hear next door's echo chamber, but then that makes you build your echo chamber even bigger, even, even thicker walls. Yeah. Um, so, so, so that's again, back to the, to the fact that, that breaking down the echo chambers uh, might not be nice and, uh, and, and, and okay. it might not necessarily uh, feel nice, but, but still, I think it's, it's better than the the alternative um but but i think i think it's just important that people realize that social media is not an echo chamber and part of the reason why it's it feels like a hostile place is exactly because of that um that it, it perhaps is a better representation of how society actually looks and i and i certainly i've certainly experienced i've felt that tension on Twitter, for example, because there's there's plenty of uh, there's plenty of let's say horrible people that I disagree with, but I find it more interesting to to read their tweets and try and figure out what they're on about than I do reading people who I agree with. That's boring. Yeah, but I would be reluctant to follow them because I'm aware that a follow or makes you look associated. You know, there's a, it's orthogonal whether you agree with someone or not and whether you're interested in what they say or not are two separate things but i'm aware that it doesn't always come across that way so you, you sort of have to be aware about who you know who's uh who's whose book you're seen reading on the on the subway as well yeah, yeah, yeah. no that's uh that's definitely true so and and similarly when you said just going back a few bits when you said um the symptoms and the cause and polarization so I was, there was uh, Jonathan Haidt. I just saw a clip of, uh, probably context-free clip of, of him in an interview earlier on. And he, the, the gist of what he was saying was that that social media, especially Twitter, is uh, is responsible for polarizing us. And therefore, he said, therefore, the best thing to do would be to to ban Twitter, which I think was in jest. But but better still, we should regulate it in a number of ways. And my first my my first thought was, well, 
is it what's the like what's the cause and correlation here who's what's the symptom of what is it the case that twitter's been around for whatever it is 10 10 plus years and that's caused us to be more polarized or is it the case that larger larger forces at work have caused us to be more polarized and then inevitably that spills out in twitter yeah so that's uh, my money is on the latter and i think uh, in in a way focusing too much on social media is uh, is a problem because it distracts from those larger uh, issues and and i can see exactly because of that why politicians are extremely motivated to talk about all the bad things about social media because it alleviates them for their responsibility for actually fixing the problems uh, that we do have in in society uh, because then it's the social media companies' faults rather than than their faults as as politicians. Well, yeah. So they, I mean, they get an easy an easy audience in that they're pandering to a, a moral panic, another moral panic, like with comic books, like with radio, like with um, department stores, like with everything else. So they, so they get they get an easy hearing because everyone everyone says yes. They blame somebody else, yes, and then also the solution is we should have more power to to regulate and control them and actually we need the help of enormous corporations for us to do that we um so it the the whole arc of it seems um again i don't i do not know the answer to all this but the whole arc of it seems one it's reasonable to be skeptical of this arc like a moral panic evading responsibility ending up with top-down control of what people are allowed to say that's that's not a great, you know. That's not a great story arc, right there. No, no, exactly. And and I'm I'm sure it's a that, bit convenient. Yes, exactly. And and I'm I'm. And I, and I think therefore the most important thing to do right now is to invest everything we can in in actually identifying the 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 problems and try to understand well what what is it actually that social media does to society and and therefore I, I think one of the one of the good things or or not think I hope that one of the good things that come out of the whole sort of Facebook files uh, discussion is is this move towards greater uh, transparency and and mm. uh, and and greater uh, access to the to the data uh, that that social media uh, giants are, are sitting on because I think I think. At this point, we we actually don't have a clue about what is what is up and down, uh, and 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 we need to get a better sense of that in order to to fix whatever problems uh, there is. So, I'm I'm put in mind of a, a, a tweet storm by uh, Hugo Mercia from a few months ago, which I will now badly paraphrase, and he he echoed many of the things that you were saying that. But, that most, you know, most news is not, not not fake. Most fake news is not believed or shared. If it is believed or shared, or if it is shared rather, it's not because it's believed it's for strategic purposes and and so on. And um, but he he made a very simple point in the, in this thread, which hadn't struck me before, is because of course there's a misinformation on uh, on social media, on Twitter and Facebook. But compared to what? Like how much misinformation is there in in mainstream media? How much inf- how much misinformation was there? When there was only one, there's only you know one state broadcaster, or when there were only um, you know a handful of of newspapers going around 
daily. Um, it's, it's obviously the case that, you know, I, again, my, my history fails me, but you think in Britain anyway, you think of all the, the sort of campaigning newspapers over the last century. These, these are not impartial, uh, you know, impartial imparters of the truth that have now been soiled by the advent of, of a new media, of social media. On the contrary, they, they were, you know, they were organizations with, with an agenda that, you know, had good stuff and bad stuff in them. Now they're being, they have been undermined by these, by uh, this, so the uh, modern social media, which also has good stuff and bad stuff in. But the question is not whether there's bad stuff, whether there's misinformation uh, in social media. The question is, what's, well, like I say, compared to what? What's the ratio of good stuff to bad stuff? And again, I have no, I don't even know how this can be measured in total, but it, it seems to me that the opportunities to puncture misinformation are now are now much greater than they, they ever were before. Um, it, you know, from a uh, from a Popperian point of view, the opportunities to 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 criticize and uh, refute claims, uh, everything from sort of casual observations through to World Health Organization studies, um, especially given all the other aspects of uh, of the online world, like people making their data available, and um, which is all fantastic. So, like, so the the opportunity to error. So, sure, there there's an, there are some errors compared to what I don't know, but the opportunity for error correction seems to seems to me to have you know gone up by orders of magnitude. So, it's just from my naive impression, it seems like a it's a good bargain. Seems like progress. Yeah, I think so too, and also because uh, the, uh, the the it it is uh, information sharing is so crucial uh, for for problem solving, and I think if if we look at the the current pandemic, then the the rapid sharing of information, uh, which to a large mm -hmm. extent happens. Um, on social media, such as as Twitter, is is crucial for how to actually mm. deal uh, with with all the new emerging problems uh, that that we are constantly uh, facing. Yeah, no, I think that's right. So we, well, as usual, Michael, we've ended up agreeing with each other, and that's not surprising because we're we're both right. Um, but so yeah, so the so there's obviously problems with social media. I completely agree with you that we need more and better research to figure out what they are, such such as they are, and, and how to deal with them. And meanwhile, we shouldn't lose sight of all the you know the amazing upsides that, that these technologies created. Not least, podcasts like this. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, thank you, Michael, for a very illuminating chat as always, and. Um, we look forward to welcoming you all to another map soon. Uh, follow us on our respective Twitter accounts and uh, you can continue to correct our errors there. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.